In order to retire successfully, you'll need vision. You'll also need a plan to execute that vision. Welcome to Retirement Pathfinder with Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky. On today's show, we'll give you the tools you need to navigate unique challenges you'll face in retirement. It's time to chart your financial future. Retirement Pathfinder starts now. It's a mailbag edition of the Retirement Pathfinder. We will talk with Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky over Pathfinder Wealth and answer some questions that are on your mind as it relates to financial planning and retirement planning. That is the goal today on the Retirement Pathfinder. I got to welcome in Barbara and Phil first. How are you? Oh, great, Ben. We're doing well. We're doing great. Yep, We're doing great. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to have uh, my granddaughter is going to turn two next week. Oh, and so wow. um, two years have gone by way, way, way too fast. Mm-hmm. But uh, Phil has got an update. We're, we're, it's time for an update from the, from the farm, Phil. What's new there? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, Ben, you ready for a farm story? I am ready. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. For, for those listeners that are interested in what's going on in the farm, apart from the fact that it's allergy season out there, you know, and... Uh, Everybody has allergies, and me included. Turkey season started this last week, and we had two of our friends came out there and and shot two big toms, and uh, so that's kind of neat. But you know, turkeys, uh, you know, are really present all over the city of Rockford. They're as they're as prominent as geese, and you have to be careful, otherwise you'll run into them. I, I've had to stop my car over the last couple of weeks a couple of times because oh. they're crossing the road. Yeah, and then you've got their little poults that'll go along yes. with them. You don't want to run over them either. But you know, thirty years ago, Ben, uh, they were all but extinct in Illinois, and so they introduced them in Illinois here, and, and they're just so uh, prevalent all over the area. So. Hmm. The problem with that is that they've dominated the countryside as well and to the detriment of some other species. And I'll give you an example. Okay. Uh, they actually pose a bigger problem to pheasant population than either hawks or coyotes do because what the turkeys will do is they'll, they'll search out the nests of the pheasants and eat the eggs. Hmm. So, so they'll destroy the population of the pheasants pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And so they have to be, um, you know, toned down. They've, they've got to be thinned out somewhat. So we, uh, we welcome hunters to come on the property uh, for turkey. And, you know, you can't just apply for a license. You have to go into a lottery system. I don't understand that, but that's the way they're doing it in Illinois. So I'm becoming more of a DNR biologist here, I guess, <laughs> on our show. <laughs> and I am an advisor, but that's kind of where we are on the farm. That is interesting. I did not know that they were a detriment to the pheasants. Oh, yes. Yeah, they'll go ahead and they'll eat all the eggs. Absolutely. Yeah, I had no idea as well. So mm. it's always good to know. There's always something interesting happening at the farm. So we, we do appreciate you sharing the updates with us, Phil, from time to time. It does. It's something you don't hear about when you're city people. No, absolutely <laughs> not. All right. Well, before we get started, let me remind you, you can find everything online that we talk about, pathfinderwealth.com. That is the best way to connect with Barbara and Phil and the team at Pathfinder Wealth Management. But also you can call them directly, 815-399-9806. We'll be happy to discuss anything we talk about today in more detail. Sit down, schedule a meeting, and uh, we'll go from there. But we do have some questions today from some listeners, and we always encourage anyone with something on their mind, if you may be a little hesitant to actually reach out to Barbara and Phil and go in for a meeting, maybe you have something on your mind you want to toss our way, we welcome mm-hmm. it, we'll bring it on, and we'll do our best to answer it based on the details you provide. So we got four questions we're going to get to today. First one comes in from Bradley. He says, should I be completely maxing out my 401k and Roth IRA before opening a taxable brokerage account? Or is there a benefit to opening a separate brokerage account to provide more flexibility, even if those other two aren't fully maxed out to their yearly contribution limits? 
as fiduciaries, Ben, we're required to advise clients uh, that which is in their best interest. On the other hand, brokers and insurance agents need only offer products and services that are what's known as suitable for the client. In other words, can they afford it? Is it within their their financial means to be able to afford it? So they're not uh, fiduciaries, but we are. So uh, we often have to turn people aside, and and we like to say this. So. Along with what Dave Ramsey suggests, we recommend you set aside at least six months worth of income for emergency purposes, you know, placed in a totally liquid account with virtually no risk at all. Next, uh, set aside funds uh, for high ticket items. So, you know, you need a new car, appliances uh, uh, are needed to be replaced, the roof needs to be replaced, car needs to be repaired, schooling, Christmas funds. Again, that type of money needs to be put aside on a consistent basis and it needs to go into a liquid account where it's accessible. Also, make sure that credit cards uh, are paid off. Do, do not accumulate credit card debt. I mean, I saw one that came to me the other day, and I think it was something like 36%, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, interest charge if I didn't pay it off in the month. You know, it's almost like payday loans in Illinois here. Uh, now, down to Bradley's question. During the same time that he is saving for the short-term needs, we also recommend that they contribute to the long-term needs by filling up the long-term buckets, the retirement buckets each year, each payday before opening up a taxable brokerage account. The reason you contribute to a 401k or an IRA is that you are really investing in yourself. Uh, it's likely that your, your company doesn't have a retirement plan for you or a retirement pension plan for you like the old companies did. Uh, if, if you don't have one of those, you are dependent on yourself for your future retirement income. And you need to take advantage of, of a higher contribution limit as well. So not just an IRA, not just a Roth IRA, but a 401k. And so last year, as an example, you could put away as much as $19,500 into your 401k, plus a catch-up of $6,500 if you were age 50 or older. So this doesn't include also the employer's uh, matching amount if available. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Please, please, please continue to contribute to your 401k, even if your employer doesn't. So it's up to you to fund your own retirement. Regardless of the employer's match, we always do recommend that you take advantage of the 401k or the Roth 401k, if available. Now, why a Roth 401k or a Roth IRA? Well, that's really important uh, to understand the distinctions. You know, with a Roth 401k or a Roth IRA, you're funding that particular account with after-tax dollars. Okay, so you get no tax deduction, Barb, from it. You know, I, mm-hmm. I know it both. Yeah. Uh, so, so the deduction is small when you compare it to the tax savings benefit of the tax-free buildup and tax-free income in years ahead. You know, a young person is missing the boat completely if they're putting money into an IRA account or a 401k account, and it's not a Roth. Right. You know, they got to do that. Uh, so our saying is, uh, you know, would you rather pay pennies on the seed now which would be the contribution or dollars, thousands of dollars on the harvested crop later, meaning pay a little bit now for, you know, you're going to miss out on the tax benefit, pay a little bit of tax right now so that later on when that Roth grows up into a big, big Roth account, you'll get tax-free income and, and avoid the huge tax uh, bomb at, at that point. Yeah. It, it, um, I had said too, it depends on what the taxable brokerage account is for. So if it's, oh, yes. just, yeah. you know, if it's just sit and grow and, you're at, and you'll add to it without having to withdraw money, then I'd open one up, like you said, Phil, after you've maxed out the 401k and the Roth. We don't know, but it sounds like Bradley's a saver. But the Roth, for sure, you want to max fund each year. You know, you can actually save between twenty-five and thirty thousand dollars of tax-free money between the two accounts, between the Roth 401k 
and a Roth IRA. So that's saving a lot of money tax-free. That's a smart thing to do. And if you look at it, it's also good to have, you know, your tax deferred, your taxable and tax-free accounts, mm-hmm. you know, the d- diversify amongst different taxation. Very good question, Briley. Thanks for that. Hopefully that helps you out. We got another one from Chris says, I'm 66 years old. My wife is only 47 and we have a daughter that's eight. What kind of retirement planning challenges do I need to be thinking about with our unique family situation? Well, Chris, that's a good question. It's good to be asking about this now. Uh, There are many considerations. And as Phil had just mentioned, we are fiduciaries. So the first thing that comes to my mind is something else. And that is, I would suggest a good estate plan. If something happened to you, do you have a plan for taking care of your wife and child? Is the mortgage paid? Do you have a life insurance policy that's going to replace your income? And your daughter's pretty young, so who would take care of her should something happen to you both? That's first and foremost. Now, if you have a good estate plan in place, that's a good thing and and you're ahead of the game. As far as retirement planning, do you have a social security benefit? And And if so, is the benefit higher than your wife's benefit? If the answer is yes, you may want to strongly consider waiting until you're age 70 to collect your benefit because that higher amount will benefit your wife someday. And also when taking required minimum distributions at age 72, this is a good thing. If you have a 401k or a 403b, any kind of a uh, tax deferred plan, you'll be using the joint life expectancy table. Most people use what's called the uniform life expectancy. But when a spouse is 10 years or more younger, you'll use a different chart. That's a good thing because the money will last longer for your spouse. Uh, Do you have a pension? There's various options for joint lives, and you're going to likely want to choose one of those. So the sooner you know the answers to these questions, Chris, the better for you. And uh, retirement planning, just as a side note, is a process. It's not just a one-time event, so you definitely need a plan. And when we sit down with someone during the planning phase and implementation, it's nothing for us to sit down three, four, five times. Uh, Barb, what jumps out at me, really, in terms of uh, of this difference in the age is, you know, Chris should be looking at some type of a long-term care plan. Very good point, too. Sure. Yeah, yeah, he should be. Because look at the difference in age there. If he happens to be, you know, 70, 72, 75 years of age, he still has a young child. Sure. And if he has a stroke or an accident or ends up in a nursing home, that could absolutely devastate that particular family. Yeah. Another uh, consideration for sure. Absolutely. Very good. Thank you for that question, Chris. Uh, How about one from Jerry? says, I'm 65 and recently had a heart attack. Very sorry to hear that, Jerry. Mm -hmm. I'm out of work for another week, but then should be back to a normal schedule. Good to hear. Uh, My wife seems concerned about my future health, but I still have no plans to retire anytime soon. Can you tell her that I'll be fine and it's normal for people to work past 65? Can I tell her that she'll, can I tell her he'll be fine? Yeah. Well, uh, let me start out by saying this is an easy one and something I learned many years ago, Ben, and maybe you as a young married guy would learn this as well. But the rule in the Gusky household is this, always give heed to your wife's concerns. That's a good one. Yeah, always. She may not give you all the reasons for the concern, may not seem very logical, but they are very, very important signals. Uh, So now that I've ticked Jerry off and probably have lost him as a potential client, but I I have his wife's uh, ear and her approval. And so I'm going to continue on with this answer. Uh, We would certainly be committing some kind of malpractice, Barb, to give uh, an answer yes, based upon the scanty information (laughs) that Jerry uh, has given us, right? So if Jerry is willing to indulge us for a minute, we need to kind of channel our Lieutenant Columbo. Uh, yeah, for a few moments. And so 
you know, and, and ask some of those thought-provoking questions that the lieutenant always asks. I hope you're watching the, the old reruns of Lieutenant Columbo. It's certainly better than a lot of the junk on there right now. <laughs> Those but, were good. That was a good show. It was and still is, you know. So health question, that's the first one. You know, Jerry, can you tell us a little bit more about your health challenges? You know, what what happened that led up to maybe your heart attack? You know, we yeah, yeah, we're kind of, uh, I have what they call a sanctified nosiness a little bit. I want to know what's going on here. But uh, what procedures did they do? Uh, but more importantly, I would like to find out what the doctor recommends about continued employment. Does he think it's a good idea? You know, mm-hmm. maybe he said something to you that you disagree with. So you're not going to share that, I, you know, whatever. Right. I just want to make sure that we, we clearly understand what the doctor has, you know, the middle, uh, the medical impact here. The second question, is there any particular reason why Jerry has, in his words, no plans for retirement anytime soon? So Jerry, uh, do you need more income or do you need continuous income right now? Uh, because you don't have a pension or retirement plan in place. Or maybe you just enjoy your work and that's okay. That's all right. Here's the third thing. Uh, when Jerry asks the question, can you tell her that I'll be fine and it's normal <laughs> for people to work past age 65? Well, okay, that sounds a little bit humorous, but really there's a serious side to that question. What Jerry is asking us to do is move from a position as an objective advisor and to adopt the position of advocate for his cause. You can mm. be the doctor. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, we can't do without a... And we, you know, even after we examine the facts, we have to be very careful here. But, but here's part of the question I want to answer. He says, you know, gosh, explain to my wife it's normal for people to work beyond age 65. Well, is it really normal for people to work past age 65, as Jerry asserts? Well, if you take a look at the uh, study done by the in- Employee Re- uh, Benefit Research Institute back in 2018, they conducted a survey that Here's, here's what it, they found out. They said, while 48% expected to retire after age 65, Barb, only 19% did. That's a huge difference. Yeah, yeah. Their intention was different from the outcome. So the first part of his assertion, Will, was uh, tell her I'll be fine. <laughs> that kind of makes me cringe. Yeah. It really makes me cringe. Not even the doctor can give uh, Jerry that assurance. Now, poor Jerry is in need of some serious direction here. So I will take my fiduciary advisor's hat off along with my Lieutenant Columbo raincoat and put on my life coach hat. I'm going to be a life coach here for a second (laughs) and talk about some things that are more precious than spending your life at work. Number one, your first priority should be improving your health. That's the top of the list. It sounds like your wife wants you around for a while, Jerry. Okay. So, so do more exercise, have a better diet, less stress. That's important. For you to be around for the duration. Number two, spend time with family and friends. Those who mean something more to you than the buddy at the office at the water cooler, buddy Joe at the water cooler, giving you the latest uh, update on sports. You know, I, I don't believe anyone ever said on their deathbed, gosh, honey, I wish I had spent more time at the office and less with you and the kids. Right. I, I don't think it's ever right. happened that I know of. Number three is service opportunities. So Jerry, consider, you know, working with your church or charities. Uh, that are meaningful to you, mentor inner city kids, community involvement. You know, I kind of hate the term giving back to the community because quite frankly, I can't tell you what the community actually (laughs) gave me. Did they give you anything, Barb? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Well, (laughs) but they get the idea, you know, that what it means, do something that makes a difference, makes an impact in the community. So here's the conclusion. Jerry's health crisis is someone tapping him on the shoulder saying, buddy, you got to do over here, make it count. Hmm. 
Yeah, and you know, if I just took the position, if if if, is if he wanted to work, and you know, depending on how physical his job is, but if you're sitting at a desk, then maybe you can work a little bit longer. Sure. You know, and and the question is, do you have to to work in order to fund your retirement? When sixty four percent plan on it, and only nineteen percent do, that tells me that most of those people probably aren't prepared. So, but Mm -hmm. I I will say that there are some people that just like to be around other like minded people. Yeah. You know, I had a client that had uh, retired last year and I just uh, recently saw him and he uh, uh, recently went in for their board meeting and he drove one and a half hours, which is the same distance he drove for work every day. And he said he really enjoyed it. And he spent the whole day there just talking to people and he missed it. He missed seeing people, talking to people. He missed the everyday interaction. So, but you could do that on a part time basis. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Sure. All right. Last one for today's episode comes in from Diane. She says, I'm 55 and I'm worried about the stability of social security. I just don't know if it will be around for the rest of my lifetime. What do you think? All right. Well, Diane, let me just say, rest assured, social security will be there for you when you retire. They may raise the age for you to collect full benefits, but social security actuaries have told us that benefits will be there because so many are dependent on it. So for instance, Social Security accounts for at least 50% of income for more than half of the 65 plus population. It provides more than 90% of income for nearly a quarter of that group. So it keeps about three in 10 older Americans from falling below the poverty line. There's many that many that are surviving on Social Security alone. Now, there's a lot of things on the table for changes, you know, including uh, collecting full benefits are age 67 versus 66. They're talking of changing the cost of living adjustment, increasing payroll social security deductions. Uh, currently, taxes aren't imposed on incomes over 143000 They could take the cap off that. Um, but Diane, I would consider, if you can, assuming that you're single, collecting benefits at your full social security age. If you're very healthy, consider the 8% annual increase from full retirement age to age 70 if you haven't taken benefits. If you're married, well, it's just too much to go over right here. So feel free to give us a call at 815-399-9806. We'll be glad to go over your options with you. Yeah, I think that we found, Barb, that over the last year or so that, you know, the government has been very good at some things, but just awful at other things, you know? And uh, one of the things I've always kind of had is a jaundiced view of Social Security and its future retirement. And um, so our advice, or at least I know Barb feels the same way too, is is you want to pay yourself first because you're the only one that can depend on you. You make these decisions for yourself. You can't depend on somebody else to fund these things for you. Depend on you, pay yourself first. Part of every dollar that you make is yours to keep, invest it wisely. Well, a social security fund was uh, designed as a additional yeah. additional uh, income to your, uh, when you retire, true. And so for many to reti- retiring on social security alone, you know, the answer to that is to save more. Right. That's it's very true. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, thank you for that question, Diane. Hopefully that uh, eases some of your concern there as well. But always you want to reach out to a professional and sit down and, and go through some other areas that, that maybe have you concerned about your retirement. Now is a good time to do so. You can get online. Visit PathfinderWealth.com. That is the website for Barbara and Phil. And you can also call them 815-399-9806. I'll be happy to talk with you about anything that's on your mind. If you want to get answers beyond what we provided today, that is the best way to do it. All right. Send in your mailbag questions for future episodes. We will try to put them on the list, get to them here on uh, on upcoming shows. But we do appreciate everybody for reaching out. Barbara and Phil, thanks for the time today. and Thanks for answering these questions for us. Yes. Thank you. Have a great day. 
information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.